Welcome to Live on KEXP. We stream worldwide 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 90.3 FM Seattle, KEXP.org, the KEXP mobile app, and your smart speaker. If you love the magic that we're making here today, please consider joining our community of supporters and make a donation at KEXP.org. I'm your host, Jyoti B. Fly, and I couldn't be more excited to welcome Anushka Shankar and her band to the live studio today. Anushka, welcome. Thank you for being here.
This is Anushka Shankar on KEXP.
<sighs> that was absolutely exquisite. Thank you so much for sharing your art and your music with us and viewers worldwide today. Thank you so much. It's, it's really lovely to be here. That last piece, Stolen Moments, was off of your brand new album, Anushka. Would you mind sharing a little bit with us about, about this album? What is the story that you're telling with your latest pieces? Um, well, chapter one, Forever For Now, is, a, is the first of a series of mini albums I'm releasing over the next year uh, as part of an evolving story as we tour and as, as life informs the process. So this first chapter, I was really, really happy and proud to have my dear friend, the incredible musician and singer Arud Jaftab, produce. And um, also one of my favorite artists, Niels Fram, is the featured artist on, on several of the tracks. It's a collection of four songs where I felt really focused on trying to capture moments and emotion rather than, um, than a different way of working, which is about finessing layer after layer and coming up with some kind of perfect product. I, I really just wanted to capture moments and space and vulnerability. And, and that's why I chose to work with those two artists, because they're so brilliant at exactly that. So um, I'm really proud of this collection. Um, but yeah, it's the first of a chapter uh, of a series of chapters. So there's a couple more to come. More chapters coming. Stay tuned, folks. Anushka, you've talked in the past about relishing the surprises that come from collaborating with another human. I would love for you to introduce your bandmates to us today and share some of the surprises that you've uncovered together. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, th this band is so incredible. I'm, I'm so, so grateful to play with them, uh, each one of them. We've got different uh, histories, obviously. Uh, playing all of the Carnatic percussion instruments and also the vocal conical is Prasanna Devaraja. And he and I have probably played together longer than anyone else I've worked with. Um, our first show together was when I was like 20 and he was 16 or something. So it's 20, I won't say how many years, but 20 something years um, that we've played together. And um, Tom Farmer on bass, uh, we've done a lot of shows together as well. Tom and I first worked together on my album Land of Gold, uh, which was written in response to the ongoing refugee crisis. And for that band, we created, like for that show, we created a quartet that Tom was on. So we've toured the world together quite extensively and then reunited for this quintet. And then my, my newer relationships are with, uh, with the remaining two. Um, Arun Ghosh on clarinet, I heard first over 10 years ago um, when he was performing in someone else's show and he completely blew me away. And he's kind of been on my mind ever since then to find the right place to work with him. And, and this, you know, felt like the perfect opportunity. And, and finally, Sarathi Korwar on drums, uh, again, like his albums, his own work, has, uh, stuff that I listen to a lot. I think he's a really inspiring composer and musician. And um, yeah, it just felt like uh, there was a tour in India that I was doing last winter and I needed to put something together. And so all these people that I wanted to work with again, we just made a band of it. And, and here we are. Making magic together. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. The pieces that you just shared included a conversation between Indian percussion and Western mm -hmm. percussion. Can you talk a little bit about how the harmony between these cultures shows up for you in life mm -hmm. and in music? That's a big question. Um, I think a lot of what I do exists within that space between worlds. 
Um, probably because throughout my whole life, that's the way I've lived. You know, I, I grew up playing this uh, and learning Indian classical music from when I was very young, and I'm fully Indian heritage. But I lived in London, I lived in California. And so as I grew up, I'd been learning this classical music that I loved dearly, but I also listened to all kinds of music. And, and I think once I started composing, you know, like a lot of people here, it made sense that like all of those worlds came together and out in my music uh, to represent the kind of life I live, but also the kind of world I believe in. Like I think that when you when you have these kind of cross-cultural dialogues, really, really beautiful and powerful things can happen. And so whether that's on the percussive side or the melodic side when it comes to playing live or, or making albums, I find it really inspiring to have those counters within one space all the time. So, so if you have the Murdangam playing something that maybe is in a style someone might be used to hearing on the Murdangam, to suddenly hear it played on a, on a drum, it just makes someone come out of their comfort zone. Or similarly, if I play a line and then it's echoed by a clarinet rather than, say, a, an Indian Bansuri flute or something, mm. it just constantly takes people out of where they think they are. And I think that's a, a really interesting place to be. Yeah, it's lovely. And as a second generation immigrant, it resonates for me and I feel seen, witnessed in a way through your music. So thank you for bringing these cultures together. Thank you. Another thing that you've talked about is how you've been on a journey to evolve the exoticization of the <laughs> sitar sound <laughs> from yeah. the from the popular kind of cultural experience it had during the 60s when the Beatles famously um, got obsessed with Indian culture. <laughs> Talk to me about your own um, journey evolving the sound of sit the sitar and how that shows up in your most recent compositions. Right. Well, it's not in any way to criticise that time. I mean, of course, ironically, you know, my, my family's heavily involved in that time and so I owe a lot to that time as well. My father... Uh, Pandit Ravi Shankar was the one who was there playing the sitar in a lot of those places where people had never heard Indian music before. And so his influence was indelible and it had a huge impact. The only thing that I find, you know, 60, 70 years later is that because that had such a huge moment in very mainstream popular culture, it kind of created one picture that sort of stayed ever since. And so there's a kind of mishmash of, of, of a sort of hippie culture, of um, w which I love, you know, but, but, but to box the sitar into that is a bit limiting, you know, and it's kind of all associated with this one picture of like the 60s, flying carpets, incense, you know, sitar music, uh, someone high, like, like it's all just kind of like, a bit frustrating a long time later to have that still be the main picture that people think of around the world when they hear my instrument because I think my instrument is so much broader than that and has so much that it can do and so I think you know that idea of de-exotifying really came to me a bit more clearly six seven years ago and I just thought I have to keep playing in ways that that strip it out of that context you know and maybe it's just really digging in a bit more or maybe the instrumentation is less exalted you know that it's not that you're always meditating when you're hearing the sitar mm -hmm. it can also just be that you're grooving and you're listening and all of that it matters and um yeah <laughs> I love it yeah it felt more much more like an experience uh, um with the conversation happening uh, with all of you working together love it thank you so you talk openly on social media about your struggles with motherhood, with recovery, with trauma. I'd love to hear, as an artist, how has your creative expression, your ability to, to engage in the arts, helped you navigate your struggles as a human being through life? Mm, uh, I think there's two parts to that. One is... Um art and music has helped me navigate my struggles in a personal way because I think 
you know, my music is a big part of my spiritual practice as well. And it shows me that there's just always somewhere to connect that's deeper than, than other things. And I can always go to that when I need to. And so that's a big part of my, my personal healing in my life. Um, in a public sense, uh, you know, being a performing artist from when I was like 13, you know, and touring around the world has made me really comfortable sharing with people. Uh, in a musical sense and being in front of people and so over years as I grew up that then made it really easy to then feel comfortable letting people in in different ways you know and really sharing things about my life in in times that I would feel it might be helpful you know not gratuitously but if I ever believed that something I had to say might help it felt like I I felt safe and comfortable doing that and I think as an instrumentalist that was also really interesting because playing instrumental music mostly that's a very abstract way of sharing emotion or process or pain or or whatever it may be and yet the power of the word is that it's literal you know so writing something that's that I share with people or speaking to camera and saying something is a very clear and direct way to say something that means something very strongly to me that I feel is important to say Yes, yes. Thank you. And it hits. And I, I, I'm so grateful for you and others like you Thank who are you. not afraid to keep it real in, <laughs> in an era where so much feels like we have to pretend. So yeah, I yeah. appreciate that, that you show up in that way. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. So you recently shared an intimate glimpse into your performance philosophy when you decided to go on stage during the Edinburgh Festival with an intense migraine. Oh, yeah. I would love to hear how you find harmony between balancing the life of service as an artist towards your audience and meeting your own needs yeah. as, a, as a human being with little humans yeah. who depend on yeah. you. So h- how does that, that balance and interplay show up for you? I mean, to be honest, that's a tricky question to answer um, because I don't know if it is my philosophy to go on stage and play in that level of pain. Um, in that moment, you know, if anyone has migraines, they know how agonizing and how debilitating that is. So that or anything similar, that level of pain... I don't actually think it's right that we have to go on stage in that level of pain, but I don't really know that I can cancel 10, 15 minutes before a show either, you know? Um, I think there's very few things contractually that allow us to to cancel a gig, and so that's not my philosophy, to be clear. That's just that's just our life as musicians, that we, we have to do that, and that's really tough. Um, so, yeah, that, that's tricky because on the other side, it's very easy for me to wax poetic and say that there's something transcendent about music because that's true, too. You know, there were sublime moments within that show where the headache just seemed to lift and the pain was gone and we were just in music and connected. And that was gorgeous. But I don't necessarily think that nullifies the process that sometimes we have to go through. That's quite tricky. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear you say that because it, it re- it's reassuring to know that you're taking care of yourself and for so many people, like finding that balance between how much you give of yourself versus your ability to yeah. take care of yourself, it matters. So thank yeah. you. You seem really healthy and vibrant today. <laughs> so. Yeah, we feel good. I mean, it's been a hectic tour right now, but I, th- I think we're all quite mature about touring and and ha- know how to balance going out and having fun and doing our shows and doing some stretches before a show and whatever it else eating well all those things you know <laughs> I love it I love it well thank you so much to you and to all of you for showing up and sharing your music with our audience today we are really grateful thank you very much thank you as well to our listeners tuned in none of this could happen without you All of the performances that KEXP shares, as well as our 
24-7 broadcasting happens because of the support we have from listeners like you. So please consider joining our community of supporters and amplifiers at kexp.org. You've been listening to Anushka Shankar on KEXP. I'm your host, Jyoti B. Fly. Thank you.